everybody, and welcome to another episode of Igniting the Spark Talk Film Society's Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Callie Smith, uh, and today we will be talking about Solo, the standalone movie all about um, everybody's best friend, Han. Um, and today, here to talk about that with me, I have a special guest, uh, James Barrett. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, I'm I'm good. good. I'm good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, normally we kind of kick off by like talking about some other Star Wars stuff that's going on in the world. Um, and right now we are uh, at the time we are recording. We have a couple episodes of uh, the Boba Fett show that's come out, which is uh, exciting stuff. Admittedly. I myself am an episode behind, um, <laughs> and I believe James. Before we recorded, you said you haven't caught caught up on this either. So I'm I'm more than a few episodes behind. I could I don't know how many episodes I'm behind because I don't know how many have been out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so far though, um, fun show. Um, you love to you love to see more uh, Boba Fett content, um, and it's so great to have good old. Tamura Morrison back from Attack of the Clones, playing playing more clones <laughs> um, again. Um, but yeah, so uh, so far so good. <laughs> any any thoughts about even though you haven't seen it yet? Any any thoughts about a uh, good old Book of Boba Fett uh, from what you've heard? I guess. Yeah. So I, um, you know, we'll get into Solo after mm-hmm. this. But mm. I, I have signed up for Disney Plus for this. Okay, I'll sign up occasionally, watch some Simpsons, yeah, cancel. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really been up to date on any of the Disney Plus stuff uh, mm. from Star Wars, Marvel, really anything. But I signed back up because I was, you know, I wanted to watch Solo, both as a courtesy to you and in general. Uh, <laughs> it felt like it'd been pretty rude to, you know, be like, I watched the movie like. Th- Three years ago, here's how I yeah. remember it. Um, <laughs> when it came out, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw it in the theater. It was, it was dark. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. No, um, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to watch. I, I kind of want to watch this book of Boba Fett. And so I have come, and this is not a huge conversation starter, but I have come to this podcast <laughs> with a very straightforward question that I was like, I will ask Callie specifically this instead of looking it up. So I can, mm-hmm. I anticipated this. I was like, I want to contribute to this conversation. Heck yeah. So I have a, awesome. So to contribute to the conversation, I have a very basic yes or no question for you. Okay, great. <laughs> Do you think I should, I need to watch Mandalorian for Book of Boba Fett? Not not from what I've seen of it so far. Okay. Um, Book of Boba Fett so far, not to spoil too much, but it basically is kind of, well, it's, it is picking up. It is, it is two stories at the same time. It is flashbacks to how Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit and start like where he went from there on Tatooine, mm-hmm. um, as well as where his story picks up in Mandalorian. Um, but that being said, I think it's pretty self-explanatory where his like post Mandalorian story is picking up. Mm -hmm. I think you can (laughs) grasp that pretty easy. Um, In fact, you probably already have an idea of it just from what you've seen online. (laughs) You haven't seen much. Never mind. I had no idea. I didn't know if it was entirely post Mandalorian or if it was 
between the two, like Jedi and Mandalorian. So I guess it's both. Yeah, yeah, it's both. It's the main story is happening Mandalorian time, but mm-hmm. the I think the last episode I saw, which was only literally like episode two, I think it literally had like maybe ten minutes in the Mandalorian period, and then the rest of the episode was all flashbacks to like what he was doing after Return of the Jedi. Um, so, which which is good because honestly, it's the much more interesting part that's, of what's going on in the show. That's the part I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do see myself checking it out. I I could see a future where I leave this podcast and I'm turning on Book of Boba Fett. Heck yeah, <laughs> I could see a future. And I'm I'm not anti Mandalorian. If you had said yes, mm. I wouldn't have said well. That's it. No Boba Fett for me. <laughs> I just I I I just I don't know. I just don't really have a whole lot of vested interest in it. I have a lot in more Mando, interest. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot more yeah. interest in. Uh, the second season from what I've heard. Um, mm. But my understanding of the first, aside from uh, Verda Herzog, who I, I am interested in, <laughs> um, everything else that I'm interested in is pretty much I know second season, and I just am not interested enough to go through the first. But <laughs> To catch up, yeah, yeah. I understand. But who knows? <laughs> Boba Fett, yeah. if, I, if I watch it, if I like it, if I'm into it, it might, might change yeah. my mind. Uh, well, and you never know, because I think, I mean, I don't know, it's rumored, it's not for sure Mm -hmm. but it is rumored that like mando will probably appear at some point in like book of boba fett so who knows maybe maybe you'll watch book of boba fett and fall head over heels in love with din jaren and decide to go back (laughs) okay Um, sure i guess this is the mandalorian's name i don't sure yes this is this is his name um i i know this because i i i i very much enjoy uh mando um Especially because Pedro Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a great, it's a good show. Um, but I also totally understand just kind of being like, eh, you know, yeah. like at first glance. I totally get it. I definitely have uh, already gotten like a, a little bit of a Star Wars uh, fatigue right around when yes. it came out. And I, I, if my timeline's correct, season, it was season one and then Rise of Skywalker, right? Season one, yes. It, Rise of Skywalker came out like right near the end of season one. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so Rise of Skywalker, I know this isn't a, a Rise of Skywalker, so we'll get into it. But that did <laughs> no, not. I mean, that did not help. Uh, it didn't me with lend my Star any. Wars any yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was not like leaving that movie. I didn't leave Rise of Skywalker the same way I left Solo this time, where I'm like, you know what? I got to check out some more Star Wars stuff. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm good on Star Wars for I'm now. I'm good for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, for some reason, I, one of the last things I saw in a movie theater before COVID hit, um, granted, since then, I've finally been able to go back. But one of the things I saw was a second showing of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and I just remember leaving in my, like, Kylo Ren jacket, Kylo Ren 3D glasses, and like a bunch of other stuff going, why the fuck did I just do that to myself again? What the fuck am I doing? Like, that was you had not- to be sure. You had to be sure. <laughs> I had to be sure that it was garbage. Yeah. Uh, it's not garbage. There are there are things I do enjoy in that movie, but boy, howdy, overall, woof. Yeah. Um, which, hey, actually, what a great uh, way to kind of transition <laughs> into Solo, because... Solo 2 is a movie of, like, a lot of things I do really love, but then kind of overall, it doesn't fully work for me. And we'll get into it. Let's, yeah. let's start let's, getting into it. That's um, why I'm here. 
Yeah, Solo. I did, I gotta admit, I did enjoy the movie more this time. Um, Watching it through. I, too, like you said earlier, hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun time. But, you know, it's a long... All blockbuster movies are really long these days. It is. And it's not actually like a relative to blockbuster movies. It's not really that long. It's like average blockbuster yeah. length now. But yeah, it is it is long. I remember uh pulling it up and being like, Really? This movie's two hours, fifteen minutes. Yeah. We had to have the extra just... fifteen minutes. And it's a little silly to me because I'm just going, I'm sorry, this standalone story didn't need it. You know, mm-hmm. like it didn't need the extra runtime. Yeah. Uh and honestly, that is part of what makes the movie, um, like, not as great as I want it to be. Because, like, the first hour or so of this thing moves. Like, it's real good. And it is real gripping. There is just, like, action sequence back to back with just enough connective tissue between them, you know. And then kind of as soon as we, like, I don't know, get into the, like crimson dawn stuff we kind Mm -hmm. of slow it down a little bit and that's not necessarily a bad thing um especially because you know the crimson dawn stuff is what's trying to set up like more star wars lore and everything um but boy the third act of this movie i kind of just felt like i kept like checking my watch like sweet jesus we got more (laughs) of this to go Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts in this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it moves, it moves, I think the whole thing, it ultimately still moves fast. Um, mm. I'll go ahead and say, I, I haven't done uh, a, a whole lot of rewatches of the Disney Star Wars. Force Awakens mm. and now Solo are the only ones I've seen since theaters. <laughs> uh, and I, based on that, with that in mind, I think Solo is my favorite of them all. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I want to get that out there. That is I, a hot take. I know. I love it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. the best. You know, if you're gonna bother making those sort of, you know, subjective differences between your favorite and yeah, the best yeah. one, um, if it's not solo for my f- favorite, it would still probably be Force Awakens. Um, mm. But I, I just had the first time I saw Solo. I had such a good time. Like, just yeah. a better time than I think I had in Force Awakens. A better time than I've had in any of the other ones. Uh, just an amazing time. And then rewatching it today on my couch in my living room, I had <laughs> a great time. I had a blast. And it's it's far from perfect. I, there's definitely stuff wrong with it. Um, but I, 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 I'm a very big fan of Solo. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, to just get back right into the whole idea of, like, the pacing and everything, even when it slows down, I'm just kind of, like, it, it slows down in a way that feels like its own thing, by which I mean, like, it's mm-hmm. not slowing down in the way of its, like, uh, building mythology or, like, trying to set up other Star Wars. Or And, I mean, it certainly, you know, calls back, makes references, but those are smaller, like, passing moments and, like, dialogue. Mm -hmm. When it Mm -hmm. slows down, it's just because there's so many action sequences (laughs) back to back to back like that. And I can sit through that, I think, just a little bit easier than I can, like, just the the mythology building stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. references, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. I I just gotta tell you, I I like Solo. (laughs) 
<laughs> I liked it a lot. No, but I mean, I really like how you described it of like being like, I had a blast. And that's the thing that I too was like feeling as I rewatched it was like, this is just like fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is yeah. just fun. I my My like approach to thinking about Solo is almost like uh, thinking about all of the criticisms of it and like mm-hmm. just responding to that. It's almost like I don't have a list of like, the positive things it's just the negatives and how i re- how i respond to them because yeah, yeah i think most criticism of the movie is accurate i think i <laughs> yeah, could not yeah. argue with people who say that it like um the fundamental one has no reason to exist mm-hmm. yeah you can't can't argue <laughs> can't argue with yeah. that um uh, another one that it's stupid as hell can't can't yeah, I can't really argue with that either. <laughs> can't argue with that. Um, what are some other ones? I mean, if you're like, a, I, I loved Star Wars as a kid, but definitely like kind of lost it a little bit, you know, as I got older. Mm-hmm. But that whole idea of it like messing up canon or like mm-hmm. the legacy yeah. stuff has never mattered to me. Yeah. So if someone says that, I'm kind of like, you're probably right. That would make sense to me. <laughs> but like, that doesn't I mean guess anything so, to me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I I agree. That's not necessarily a down, uh, a, a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for for me. I too. It's like, yeah, no, it's fine that it's a little. <laughs> there are certain things that I kind of roll my eyes at, oh like uh, you know, uh, yeah. of course there are little beats in this that are very silly in the opening. <laughs> beat how the feeling that we need to explain the last name solo and i'm like you don't have to explain star wars names honey <laughs> like we don't <laughs> i will be 100 percent honest seeing that in the theater i was like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah. watching it today i was like hell yeah this rules this is the stupidest <laughs> sure. shit i've ever seen i love it <laughs> That I and I think that is the best way to kind of watch solo and a lot of people that's not how we watch Star Wars stuff anymore. Like yeah. people try to take Star Wars so seriously. And this is just kind of a goofy little movie. Mm-hmm. Um but like which is funny because one of the very first things I noticed about it too though is that like this movie is beautifully shot like this is a really gorgeous movie especially whenever i say that it's kind of goofy like it's almost so pretty that it like cancels out the goofiness like Mm -hmm. um it's so great that there are shots in it that i literally think should be like at least very much singularly like iconic star wars shots the like shot of like han walking up to the sabacc table Mm -hmm. like lando like framed between the legs yeah um I just She's remember uh, noticing the, I don't, I don't even remember the planet that the climax takes place on where Crimson Dawn is. I can't remember okay. either, so you're fine. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that like final beach scene of them landing, and it's it's just mm. a very straightforward kind of like Star Wars sand planet, very familiar. Mm-hmm. But it just I remember just being like, wow, this looks so good, so much better than I think yeah. like. Uh, certainly rise of skywalker i think ever looked trying to think of like similar locations like jakku was like in the one in um force awakens yeah force awakens i think looked good um last jedi had i think really good like it looked beautiful at times but it wasn't like um it didn't have the same sort of locations 
Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. looked beautiful. No, it didn't really have a desert unless you consider like the salt planet yeah. kind of like that. You yeah. Know, like- and, and, and the salt planet, that's kind of my point. Like it looked beautiful, but it wasn't like just like a, the same thing as like whether it's desert or just, just like a living planet, I guess. Like yeah. stuff yeah. like the salt planet or like the red room in Last Jedi. I was just like, uh, you know. The cinematography students are gonna love this and all the colors. Yeah, absolutely. But the the like <laughs> desert of like Solo at the end, or just in general, a lot of the planets of Solo just looked very real, very like textured, and then just beautiful. Like places, I was like, damn, I'll yeah, I'll take a vacation here. <laughs> There's a tactility to the like worlds in this yeah. movie that some of the other ones don't have. Like yeah. that's the word that came to mind mm-hmm. as you were like describing that. Yeah. Um, and I. Yeah, and besides also the tactility of the worlds, one of the things I did, like, notice and kind of love about this one is, like, how kind of unafraid it is to dig into some of the uglier aspects of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Like, they are constantly talking about, like, slavery, yeah. like, and <laughs> child slavery and stuff like that yeah. in this one. And I was like, damn, that is something we kind of lose in the, in the like, you know, big galaxy, like, mm-hmm. level, like, observation of star wars or the skywalker family level of star wars is you kind of can sometimes lose track of the fact that like it is totally normal Mm -hmm. on a lot of star wars planets to just have slaves yeah like yeah that's just it and you lose track of the fact that anakin started that way because he was jake lloyd and was not a very good actor who did not exactly play the trauma (laughs) of being in slavery um but you know it's this one though is so like and it's very real about it Mm -hmm. like they're like oh yeah 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 we're gonna go break han and chewy real quick no no worries you know um and i those kinds of moments in the disney star wars movies are the kinds of moments that i like Mm -hmm. best um it's one of the reasons that my favorite of them is like last jedi Mm because i think last jedi kind of goes like hey this is a war let's talk about that Mm -hmm. like let's talk about what that means you know um so it's it's fun while also digging into like i said those kind of gnarly things Mm -hmm. um and i love that uh and that also does bring me into one of the best characters in this movie, L337, <laughs> obsessed with droid liberation, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's so good in this. Mm-hmm. I watched afterward a little uh, behind-the-scenes thing because I was going, hold on, is this, is this mocap, sh- mocap or, or mm-hmm. what? And uh, she is actually physically in that droid suit, but they green... Like there's green screen on the arms, mm-hmm. so everywhere there's like tubing is where her arms were, um, and I think that lends so much to this droid being as lovable and likable as she is. Yeah, I I thought that I was like, this definitely feels like there's like a person in there. Um, I'm not surprised at all to hear that. I definitely agree. I don't know if I if if she is truly like my favorite character. I don't know if I have one, <laughs> but I I will say I remembered her being in the movie a lot more. Which, of course, just shows yeah. just, you know, how much of an impact she made. Because I thought that she was in the movie, like, more than Lando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, she has... The funny thing is, one of the things I noticed this time through, that I think I probably noticed, but just didn't fully register the first time, mm-hmm. is that, honestly, 
I remember one of the pieces of casting I was most excited about was Donald Glover as Lando. Mm-hmm. But I kind of watched this and went, I don't know if he's actually given it all, yeah. like his all, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he feels like he's kind of phoning it in a little. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge as a droid, but mm-hmm. also like Alden Ehrenreich, like <laughs> it's kind of unfair that apparently this movie has like basically killed his yeah. career because honestly, he's like killing it in this movie. Like he's great. I, I think <laughs> he's I think he's really good. I think that the the kind of like biggest criticism you could have is just that it doesn't feel like and and i don't mean this to me this is my criticism either i just mean this could be someone yeah. is that he doesn't feel quite like han solo you know it's it's very yeah. hard to imagine this version turning into the harrison ford one yeah again yeah not coming at it from that sort of angle it doesn't matter to me i like this han solo yeah. too but yeah and and also i mean do we want him to be doing a harrison ford impression but I, I do think he's really good for what he does. But I do understand a criticism of him just not feeling like, you know, the real yeah. Han Solo. It, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, but I think one of the things that it does make it at least a very interesting performance. Um, of course, like we said, some people just seem to take Star Wars too seriously. And I think that's a lot of people's big critiques on this. Yeah, But like he... He has, to me, just enough Harrison Ford. He has the physicality down. Mm-hmm. I noticed whenever he like took out the blaster and started shooting, I was like, well, he's got the stance down pat. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely giving it his own spin, mm-hmm. you know? Like, And I, I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool whenever we get like iconic characters that are played different ways by different folks. Um, I mean, you know, if... I'm like trying to think of an example. If every if every actor played Hamlet the same way, right? What would be the point in constantly having productions of Hamlet? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um. So I like, you know, having other actors, and I think that Alden Ehrenreich is just genuinely a really good young actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and it honestly does bum me out that I went to his IMDb. I was like, surely he's got something in the pipeline, right? And it was like, no. Yeah. No, he did this, and then there was a Hulu series of Brave New World, and he's dipped. Yeah. <laughs> and I, in all fairness, I mean, I can't really blame him. That has happened to many a young actor who gets involved <laughs> with Star Wars and deals with unfair criticism. Yep. Uh, so, but hey, uh, Alden, if you're out there and you somehow miraculously hear this podcast, uh, would love to see you in more things. I, um, yeah, I would. You're too. the best. Yeah, I. I <laughs> remember um basically i think of him in this and then hail caesar but yeah I mean, and, it, and this is not a unique thought but hail caesar full of just some of like the you know best actors around and he yeah he stands out he stands out he holds his own amongst you know, like george clooney's and just yeah he's really good yeah and i it's, i remember I seeing experience. that movie and yeah i saw that movie in theaters and i was just like holy shit who is this kid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because i mean like you said, George Clooney, and you've got like fucking Channing Tatum doing a tap dance number in that movie, and yet, like, with all that going on, I'm still like, who's who's this kid over here? Like, he's doing a phenomenal job standing out among giants, you know, in a movie directed by you know the Coens, which I could totally understand being a new actor and just kind of crumbling under that pressure alone, you know, like so yeah, Alton. He's great. We love him. Um, this is a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I genuinely think it's, I, you know, I, even though we led into performances talking about how much I love L337, like the, my favorite performance in this movie is absolutely Alden as Han. Uh-huh. Um, although the physicality of the droid is also phenomenal. Um, but yeah, um, this is just fun. Oh boy, I should also, I just looked down on my notes and realized I should also, of course, mention Paul Bettany being unhinged mm-hmm. <laughs> as Dryden Boss, which is one of the fun things. I remember whenever we started, it started going into the like Crimson Dawn section. I mm-hmm. was like, oh yeah, this is where this kind of slows down. Um, and then like Paul Bettany stepped on screen. And I was like, all right, hang on. That, there's the other side of the coin. This lunatic over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know. I, I do ultimately agree with you. I think um, one, I, I went into this movie uh, like I'm gonna, I'm so excited to see Donald Glover's Lando. That was like a standout thing for me going in. Yeah, very disappointed just because he's not going all in. I think he almost does it too good. It's like almost too understated. I think yeah, like for yeah. this movie, it needs to be much bigger. He needs to be going a lot more into like a Billy D. Williams impression. Um, yeah, yeah, true. And, and but even still, I mean, he's definitely good in the movie. I don't, and my, I don't really think there's a bad performance. I think that really mm-hmm. like everybody is is really maybe not at the literal top of their game but really bringing it the only the only yeah. performance that i really don't like is john favreau i don't <laughs> like his little his little guy one bit and i couldn't even tell you why but every time he spoke i, I didn't like it it just made me mad <laughs> <laughs> Get Favreau out of yeah, here! I was, like, I I don't, I was like, why is he in this movie? Uh, it was. <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. Cause like, yeah, from the perspective of like you know somebody who does watch Mando and stuff like that, Favreau is kind of like one of the golden boys of Star Wars I, right now. No, I know that's part of it. I think is I was like, really? It's just like you, yeah. you're, you're getting so much money. He's not a golden boy of Star Wars. He's like a like disney's gold pony disney's yeah. golden boy yeah and i was like yeah, Dude, it's true i don't have to i don't want to be hearing your voice right now <laughs> yeah no at, at first uh, like i think at first i was like oh yeah he's in this uh and then like really quickly i was like hold on don't you have something better to be doing <laughs> yeah you, you need one more disney check where you like went to a, yeah. like a, a sound booth for eight hours if even yeah and then got you know who knows how much money you're good less less than a day for sure yeah, you know absolutely. of work <laughs> yeah um oh man talking about paul bettany who is really good and and again i mean i like i was saying i think that really everyone in this movie is doing pretty good work um mm. and this goes into a lot also the first time i watched it it's still hard for me and when i saw it the first time this is really it it like took over my brain but it's hard for me to watch this and not still think of the alternate version to to bring mm-hmm. that conversation, that inevitable <laughs> yeah. conversation up Absolutely, of the Lord Miller yeah. version. And yes. the, the one thing that I do remember specifically is that it was supposed to be Michael K. Williams in the Paul Bettany role. Ah. And I, I think of that when I like thinking about this now, watching it today, I was just like, I just, I kind of would rather see that version. I'm a lot more interested yeah. in seeing him in the role. And so Paul Bettany, who is good in it, it just, it, it just, it's always, there's always a little asterisk after everything he does in the movie, every yes. time I'm enjoying him of me just being like, oh, but what else is out there? Well- yeah. And hey, you know what? That's a really good way to just kind of honestly describe 
this movie because I do think that this is a fun and good and interesting movie mm-hmm. with the asterisk of like, but what if Lord and Miller had finished yeah. their version of this? Because I think, you know, one of the things we're talking about is that like, this feels very goofy and silly, but like not fully committed mm-hmm. to that aesthetic. Whereas a Lord and Miller version would be, yeah, fully into that. Yeah, and I got, <laughs> you know, like the the stuff like, um, you know, giving Han his last name, and um, mm-hmm. there's another really weird moment with him and Chewie where he gets Chewbacca's name and is like, "Well, you're gonna need a nickname." Oh, I'm gonna shorten that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Like watching those now, it just it became so clear to me. I was like, in a Lord and Miller version of this movie, these would just play so differently. The exact same lines would just play so differently because they would just be such like obvious winks, but in like a you know mm-hmm. Lord and Miller fashion where you're supposed to roll your eyes, you're supposed to be like, oh come come on. And, and yeah, I was just yeah. like, this this feels like stuff they left in, and they like forgot to take out of this much more serious version of this movie yes exactly yeah it's and that's the thing that's a struggle about this movie too is with that whole you know because this movie was like basically if i remember correctly lord miller basically shot almost all of their version of this movie yeah and then they completely redid it with ron howard Mm -hmm. and this is a, a just fine movie um for like a movie you make once on a huge budget, mm-hmm. um, but not so much whenever you're trying to make back the cost of two blockbuster film shoots. Because yeah. um, honestly, the thing is, this does set up some really cool stuff that I would have loved to see, you know, like second, you know, oh, I, movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, and there are a lot of fans that do kind of push for like, yo, a solo I'm, two I'm about to or be a one spinoff of them. would be great. I'm about to be, yeah. I'm about to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. After watching, I've been radicalized on this rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna join the like annoying Star Wars fans yeah. on Twitter under a like pseudonym. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'm gonna be cyberbullying <laughs> innocent people. <laughs> Cyber, nah, it's fine. Disney's a giant corporation. Bully them all we want. It's oh, no well, big deal. Nah, it, well, yeah, I said innocent people. So. <laughs> yeah, and then you realize, wait, whoa, whoa. Yeah. no, and I, uh, I'm, I'm there too. I this movie, like I said, it sets up cool stuff. My only condition would be like, hey, maybe let Lord Miller make the second one. <laughs> like, they you know, like actually give it back to those guys and uh, try something new. You know, the, I think. One of the, I always end up drawing this comparison, but I mean, they're the two big tent poles that Disney has right now in Marvel right now. They're kind of branching out and letting people try more stuff. <laughs> it still kind of falls under the big like Marvel, like WandaVision is very interesting, but admittedly <laughs> by the end, it's the, just two people with magic powers throwing things at each other. WandaVision, <laughs> the, one, the one Disney Plus original anything that I have watched. I will, I will put it seen. out there. Yeah. I did watch WandaVision. I was interested in it. And up until yeah. like pretty much the last episode or whenever it did become people doing little hand signals and stuff. Exactly. Was, yeah. But surprised. at least we tried something, mm-hmm. you know, beforehand. Um, and I feel like the Star Wars branch uh, of Disney right now is unfortunately very like and it's because it's partially because of the fans let's be honest and I, how the fans react to stuff i don't know how partially it is i think it's like it's almost entirely yeah. <laughs> but it is i mean it is safer um to make 
blockbusters that people like fall into exactly what everybody expects, mm-hmm. you know. And Disney did try something uh, with uh, Last Jedi of <laughs> kind of like let's try something very very different and yeah. see what happens. And uh, well, look what happened. Yeah. Uh, Happy now. You got. Yeah, happy now, everybody. And then, of course, here's the thing. Then, then we swung back with Rise of Skywalker, and again, nobody's happy. Mm-hmm. And this one feels like something that was unfortunately caught, and it was literally yeah. caught right in the middle of that swing, um, from ex- extreme to extreme, um, where Lord Miller, God, I mean, a brief sidebar for Lord Miller. What a couple of great directors yeah, i don't know how you no, feel I, about the rest of their filmography but oh my god i i i was this would there was a period of time where this was like my most anticipated movie just mm-hmm. like ever as soon as they were attached i was thrilled by the idea of yeah. a miller star wars i um yeah no i think that they are some of the, like the most talented people working yeah absolutely i think they they do absolutely incredible work i when i remember one of the things i learned like at some point i think very shortly after i watched 22 jump street went and saw that in the theater i was blown away by that mm-hmm. movie like i just thought it was so hilarious so many incredible visual gags and just you know and then i like went and found out later that they had had almost zero time to write the script mm-hmm. for 22 jump street like that was like a week of work on the script and then they were shooting or something mm-hmm. And I was like, these guys can, these guys can do anything. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then all the stuff happened with this movie on the set. And I was just so bummed because mm-hmm. I was like, these guys have proven it is their whole thing that they can take something that is kind of like an on fire garbage can yep. and they can make something amazing out of it. Um, if you give them the wiggle room, if mm-hmm. you give them the space they need to work yeah, yeah, and from face. everything I've heard, yeah, you know, I mean, the wiggle room is not, <laughs> I kind of in the same way of, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you said his name too long ago and I've forgotten the right pronunciation. Alden Einrich. Alden Ehrenreich, I believe. Ehrenreich. <laughs> Oh, right. Hey, Alden, if you're still missing or listening and I've mispronounced your name a million times, sorry, bud, I love you. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say it a bunch of different ways and then we'll just have Marcelo yeah. pull out the right one and put <laughs> yeah. it in every time we've said it. We'll just fire everything and one of them's going to hit. Yeah. yeah, it'll be good. Uh, but no, my buddy Alden, Alden, <laughs> my buddy Al is... Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in the same... same <laughs> I was barely even going to talk about him, just in the same way that this kind of pushed him <laughs> out of acting. I feel like mm-hmm. this really pushed Lord and Miller out of directing. I know. I think. Yeah. I think it's just. Man, I don't producing even know since. Well, then. yeah, they're like just producing. One of them, I don't remember which one, but just one of them's doing like an Apple Plus show. But mm. for the most part, I think that this has like kind of scared them off or, or maybe it's even more like sinister maybe they're like uh, a little subtly blackballed or something but yeah maybe i it, yeah. it's very sad to me because i do yeah i think that the their production works great um it's spider-verse what more do you need to say spider-verse yeah. i mean yeah it's an incredible film yeah. and you can feel their fingerprints in oh it, absolutely 100%. yeah I, I definitely feel like uh with them you know there's definitely some people who are producing you know you it, it means more than others and with them it definitely yeah, feels yeah. like you know that they're not going to put their name on something that they don't actually like care about it definitely feels that way and uh yeah 
it just it it truly bums me out that they just aren't doing more work after this. I who knows yeah. you know what the real story is, but it's very sad. Yeah. No. And I I like I said I I love 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 uh, the movies that come before this. Um, huge fan of both of those Jump Street movies. Oh yeah. Um, no. I yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. They're they're so good. <laughs> they're so good, and uh, I it's I um it's hard to not like spin off into a Jump Street segment, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're great. No. I, I love them so much. And it's uh yeah, like I was gonna say the Lego Movie. I you know talking about of course Lego the, like, movie. the the garbage fires that they spun into magic. I got a huge group. The Lego Movie came out. I think I was a senior in high school when the Lego movie came mm-hmm. out and I got a huge group of friends together, like 12, 15 people, like high school seniors that were all like, you know, ironically like, let's go see the Lego movie. And then yeah. cut to me at the end of the Lego movie, bawling my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> Walked exactly. out of that theater. Yeah. Like this is genuinely just one of my favorite movies. Now uh, <laughs> going to see it in the theater several more times, uh, have a very vivid memory of being in one of those lines to get into the theater. It's me and another friend who I like was like, no, you trust me. You need to see the Lego movie. You're going to, you're going to love this. Yeah. yeah. So it's just all these children. And then me uh, and another friend who looks like me also just like a grubby, <laughs> grubby, schlubby dude. And then a bunch more children, just like Lego movie, Lego movie. But yeah. I mean, they, I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like indebted I think- to them. Yeah, yeah. And I think I was, I'm going to share my Lego movie story too, which I was uh, in college, probably a year or two into it, not sure. Um, And I had a couple of friends that we were like, yeah, why not? Let's go see the Lego movie. That'll be fun or whatever. And I just remember us all turning to each other at like the kind of twist in that Mm -hmm. movie, right? And just going is this the greatest movie of all time? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And I remember we went back to the, like, club that we were all in, and we were all like, hey, guys, uh, we went and saw the Lego movie, and it rules. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the club just turned to us and went, what? Like, yep. how? And I remember that I think we got, like, a bunch of other folks to come with us, too, right? And recruit people. And that's the effect of a good Lord and Miller movie. Mm-hmm. It's like some... They take these ideas that seem so silly um, and so unexecutable yeah. in a good palatable way. Jump Street was the same way. Like on paper, I remember that that came out way back when everybody was like, ah, a Jump Street movie. And people were like, why? <laughs> why do we need that? Yeah. Um, and the answer was because we all had no idea how good of a comic actor Channing Tatum is. Yeah. And thank God we know now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the second mention of Channing Tatum in the solo episode, I will mention. But <laughs> well, you just got to get one more in, but it has to be organic. It has to be organic. We'll get back to Channing yeah. at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, um, it's just, it's they're great. Mm-hmm. And let me and let me tell you what. Talk about a perfect model of director to hire for the Han Solo movie that, like you said, one of the biggest critiques is, why does this need to exist? Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what everybody said about Jump Street and Lego Movie, and look how those movies turned out. But now, a lot of people still look at this one, which we agree, is a fun time. Yeah. Like, Ron Howard is... I mean, he's a relatively solid director. He has yeah. some misses in there. Let's... You know, 
no no shade to the guy, but let's be real, you know? I, I, I think of him as just, like, someone who's just a little too good without being, mm-hmm. like, interesting. <laughs> Which yes, I think comes absolutely. off as a lot of shade. But it's just, like, I, I'm, like, 100% <laughs> sure that Ron Howard's going to make a movie. It's going to be something that I can watch and enjoy. And then, yes. for the most part, just, like, forget about <laughs> Um, yes it will be watchable but it won't have a lasting impact yeah yeah yeah. i think that he's he's very reliable i think it makes perfect sense that he was put in to take over this movie like because i would have never in a million years thought of him and then they were like it's gonna be ron howard i'm like okay yeah sure of course yeah of course it is yes like yeah especially when you're worried about going too far in a different weird direction Mm -hmm. like you said you're gonna you know what the result is gonna be with a ron howard and if you're we'll finally mention her by name if you're kathleen kennedy Mm -hmm. and you are going i need something relatively by the book yeah that's who you need something safe I need something safe. And yeah, and I mean, to be fair, I think this movie's biggest problem is that, yeah, it is very, very safe. It, it, that being said, it's watchable. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, like, it's, it's safe in a way that it's like you can see that there's, at least I think, you can see that there's like, it's, it's right on the edges of being safe. And I think mm-hmm. that is still the, the Lord Miller. I know that it's not 100% reshot you know and so yeah and and then of course there's a question of how much was the script changed and i just definitely yeah. think that there are these like rough edges of it that give it mm-hmm. a little bit of a push beyond just being super safe to make yeah. it a little bit yeah. more enjoyable um like the very end uh with him shooting buddy harrelson an incredibly mm-hmm. like it's like um quote-unquote subversive like subverting your expectations you know it's not like uh, in a crazy way it's in a very Mm -hmm. straightforward and to you know pull pull uh, another disney well not anymore by any means but at one point like disney golden pony it's very joss whedon Mm -hmm. and and so it's like it's like not a hundred percent what you expect it twists Mm -hmm. it but it doesn't twist it too much it twists it to where it's still yeah kind of in expectations uh and i feel like the whole movie is like that it's good that they also do that there at the end like you said kind of a predictable turn but like one of the things that happens a little bit earlier that's kind of wild there's like a scene where kira is telling han like you're a good guy and Mm -hmm. he's like no i'm not i'm not a good guy and literally up until the point of that movie we haven't seen Han do anything actually bad. Like, yeah. You know, like, he really hasn't been that morally ambiguous. He's really not. And then we get the Beckett thing, and you're like, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, really, um, his crimes are mainly, like, stealing. <laughs> Just like, okay, you're right. <laughs> technically. <laughs> technically a crime. But at the same time, any any quote-unquote wrongdoing we see of, him, like, him doing throughout the thing, you're kind of like, all right, but, yeah, he's stealing or whatever because he's, like, been, because he's an orphan, he's been yeah. put into slavery and, or whatever. <laughs> like, of course. And, like, and he's stealing. He's stealing from the Empire also. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, mm, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's as uh, absolutely palatable as it could possibly be. Yeah, yeah. 
I do love a, a brief side note for a brief great empire moment. I love that there's like a stormtrooper dedicated to like basically giving speeding tickets in the first chase scene of this movie. Someone's someone's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. There's got to be stormtroopers out there. It's just very funny to me. There's got to be stormtroopers out there writing speeding tickets, uh, directed traffic. It's just, and it's funny to me too, because like it's a speeder chase, and this stormtrooper just like gets in the middle of it, and he's like, "Pull over! You're going too fast!" <laughs> Basically, and I'm like, "All right, stormtrooper, props to you for trying to do your job in the middle of this chaos." Yeah. Um, I uh, I stand one stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> All stormtroopers are bastards, except for one. Except for one, the speeding ticket the speeding one, ticket which is it, which is oddly enough like the exact opposite of how I think of <laughs> regular everyday speeding ticket cops. Uh, <laughs> actually, thinking of stormtroopers and everything brought me to um, one of the things that I always end up talking about in all of my Star Wars episodes, which is Star Wars costuming. Um, because famously on this pod, I am <laughs> into Star Wars costumes. Um, and uh, I love the Emphis Nest costume. Mm-hmm. That is an unbelievable character design. Um, and yet one of the best moments in this movie to me, I remember in the theater whenever Emphis Nest takes off the helmet mm-hmm. and you see that actress whose name escapes me, but she was recently also in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Ah. Um, and... She has just, I don't know, she has just such an arresting look to her, Mm -hmm. especially when that's not what you're expecting to come out of the Star Wars helmet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I do just want to jump in and and give her credit. Her name is Erin Kellyman. Thank you for uh, finding that. I appreciate it. And she's she's great. She's Mm -hmm. also a really great performance in the middle of this. Aside from Favreau, Um, everyone's everyone's doing good. (laughs) Everybody's everybody's doing all right. Everybody's doing good. Except for Favreau. Um, Yeah. It's it's cool. I like I like that. I really do. Even though I do kind of feel like the last section of it lags a little, I do like the kind of like <laughs> multiple layers of a heist thing that Han is I, setting up with like the Crimson Dawn at the end, you know? So, for me, I think there's like two different ways that they could have ended this movie, and mm. either one would be better. Um Either it ends with the uh, like the mining operation heist and then the uh, castle run, and then that's pretty much it. Like that's the climax, and they of course would have to all you know change it up. But basically, that could be the climax, or you get rid of the castle run, and then you could do mm-hmm. the kind of the heists and the triple crosses and stuff at the end. Yeah, and I I think I I would prefer that because I do like the end. I I don't agree that the the end that final act is where it drags. Mm. I think it's the castle run. I think that's the part that that's, I would take out. But honestly, you're probably right. Like I I, I, I it's not a hundred percent like uh, small stakes because they do still tie it into you know the empire. Uh, the coaxium mm. or whatever it is is going to go to the the empire and uh you know it's there's still like i mean crimson dawn and uh, i do want to get into that but crimson dawn is very much uh, <laughs> tied to grander ideas and the empire mm-hmm. and everything um but what han's experience is is very low stakes very small scale for a star mm-hmm. wars movie and that i think might be one of my all, my just all outright favorite things about the movie is that it is yeah. so small scale. Um, Hans 
got a very simple kind of morality play going on at the end. He's got like a choice he needs to make about, you know, if he's going to do the right thing or not, uh, which mm-hmm. ties into that Empire stuff. But for the most part, he's just doing a heist and then double crossing the guy he did the heist <laughs> for. And it could just be like a, an old school Guy Ritchie movie at that point. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm very into that. I, I definitely would not change that heist ending. I would just get rid of the castle run. Yeah. But of course, we can't get rid of the castle. Yeah, we had to, yeah. It's the iconic thing that has to be in there. And they know? had to explain how he could do it in short parsecs, since yeah. parsecs are a measure that's, of distance. Well, and they I had think to that's explain the, that. That's the problem, right? Is like, to me, the Kessel Run kind of feels like it is the big climactic moment of the movie, but then you do still have all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you said, it's like you take out basically one of the climaxes. Yeah. You need, you have two climaxes and you need just one. That's how a movie works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the problem. Absolutely. Um, that kind of, so that drag that I've been saying really isn't the right word for kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just like feels like it just kind of keeps going. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like too it's, much. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's there's too many pieces here, mm. unfortunately. And if we shed one or two of them, it would be better. Um, if he was doing this run for something um, simpler with less overarching like impact than the Crimson Dawn, mm-hmm. that would make this movie a lot easier, you know, to mm-hmm. to get through. Um, but. But it's got to be the Crimson Dawn because we have to have our reveal at the end of good old uh, Maul. Um, now, which is, I I have I have a question. Uh huh. Uh huh. Did Did you watch? And I could be even wrong here, but Star Wars Rebels. I haven't watched Rebels yet. I'm making my way through Clone Wars. Okay. Um, but that those you are right in that That's, that is where all of the context of okay. Maul comes in. Nice. So um, okay. So, but so when you were in the theater and when that happened, mm-hmm. yeah, you were. I am assuming same as me. Like, wait, what the A fuck is prone? going on? <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> yes, I think I knew from just like context clues on the internet mm-hmm. that Maul was around, even though that seemed wildly insane yeah. and impractical. Um, uh, but, um, it was still, like you said, yeah, it was jarring, but at the same time I was like, but cool. Like, I I like this. This is very interesting and I'm into it Mm -hmm. and I want to see where this goes. Um, which is, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier whenever I was kind of beating around the bush of this thing does set up some cool stuff. It's like, I would love to figure out where, you know, what the path is from where his story ends in the animated stuff to being the person in charge of the Crimson Dawn. Um, it's cool. I, I like it when in the Star Wars universe, when Jedi or Sith, either way, kind of branch off and then do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Ahsoka is a character that's similar, um, who is also from the animated stuff and now mm-hmm. in The Mandalorian. She is, you know, uh, the opposite side of the thing. She's a Jedi that kind of goes, eh, fuck this, <laughs> to the Jedi Order after a while, and who can blame her? Um, I love that. I think it's really cool. And I, I really like the idea of, like, Maul leaving behind the whole formalities of being Sith or whatever mm-hmm. and just being like, whatever, I'm going to own a 
crime syndicate now. It's gonna it's gonna be lit. Like, yeah. I I like it. It's cool. It's cool stuff. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I wanted to see more for sure. I just I I was I had no idea of like any of it. I knew Star Wars Rebels existed, and that is about the extent of it. I had no idea it would have been like <laughs> canon to the solo movie I was watching, let alone what was even going on on the show. Darth Maul showed up, and I was like, wait a minute, this takes place before The Phantom Menace? That can't be right. <laughs> that was my right. first thought. I was like, I'm dumb as hell. I don't I don't know the Star Wars timeline at all. This timeline is all over the yeah, place. I, I don't understand. I, and, and, and now, I mean, it's still so... It's, to me, it's so crazy. I think it's probably not as crazy to anyone with context, but to me, I just think it's absolutely insane. One of my favorite things with people who haven't seen Solo, which is most of the people I know, but they, <laughs> they still like know Star Wars and they liked Star Wars, uh, but they don't care enough if I spoil Solo for them, is to tell them that Darth Maul is in the end of Solo. And, and they're always just like, okay, well, you're making that up. What? Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, James, sure. They get a classic James goof around. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm dead no, serious. That is a very real thing yeah. that happens. Yeah, he's, the end. he's back, baby. He's back. He's got robot legs. He's back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see the robot legs. I didn't even notice them. I was just like, oh, I guess he's whole. <laughs> I guess he's here now. Uh, yeah, no, I think there's like, you know, it's a hologram. He's there yeah, as a hologram. No. So they can kind yeah. of fudge around it. But I think there's like a shot where I saw a little bit of like shine on one of the legs. And I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a point in the cartoons where he straight up has like spider legs. Like he I, has like a million different legs. I have heard this. Because uh, I mean, since, you know, I saw Solo, I mean, I left Solo. I was immediately like, why was Darth Maul at the end of Solo? Yeah. I think that was the <laughs> first Google, thing I did yeah. was that literal Google. Um, <laughs> but I, I've since looked it up and learned that he does yeah at one point have spider legs and in the same way and i asked you about uh bandalorian and, and boba fett is that rebels or is that clone wars because i might be turning on a little spider darth maul action <laughs> i believe it's in clone wars i'm not positive I, oh, the problem I, with clone wars and rebels is like they're very the characters from both of them are very intertwined mm-hmm. um so it's kind of hard especially whenever you haven't finished them like me mm-hmm. still working on it um to like keep it straight in my brain right. <laughs> um there are characters i was convinced for a very long time were clone wars characters until my brother who has finished all of them was like no that person's only in rebels galley and i'm like <laughs> it's not like i host a star wars <laughs> podcast or anything and that i should know this stuff um but yeah um so yeah i don't know man <laughs> this is fun this is a fun little movie i like it. um i You probably won't have much to say to this thing that I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring it up anyway. I'm ready. Because one one of the things that I noticed and uh, appreciated, which is definitely, it's definitely a Disney marketing thing that they planted these things in here. But this is one of the first movies that has references uh, to the world of Batu, that is the planet of Galaxy's Edge, the theme park, Hmm. Um, which made me happy um (laughs) because i don't know i know it's just my nostalgia being weaponized to make me spend lots of money Mm -hmm. but i am really a sucker for galaxy's edge i think it's really cool uh that being said the um 
hotel looks like it's going to be a garbage fire um <laughs> this is this is another like piece of more recent star wars things is uh there has been promo stuff for the very expensive star wars hotel and it looks like garbage it, uh, I, I would like to hear more about this okay great uh they have like one of the big selling points was like oh we have like a lightsaber training class and they released a promo video of okay. it um, that had no background music whatsoever at any point in it. They had put like no effort into the editing. <laughs> you had for context on the pod of why I'm laughing. James literally like put a, ma- a hand over his mouth in like a like laughing yeah, but appalled kind of thing. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like no editing effort at all. Like it's just it looks. It looks very bad, very silly. Uh, some of the stuff that's kind of leaked about some of the storylines that you will quote unquote experience is that basically everyone in this hotel at the drop of a hat will reveal to you that they are with the resistance and need you to help them with something. Oh, <laughs> like, so it's like every a, single person. Like a like a LARP hotel? <laughs> yeah. Like you're expected this is the to idea. go and like be in like to some mm-hmm. degree like prepared to be in Star Wars. Yes. You oh. you you go in for a weekend, basically, okay. and you the only time you actually leave, you are on... <laughs> the only time you called, actually leave? Wait. Yes. You are literally basically locked into this Wait, hotel. You, I'm so not even kidding. You're not like, allowed to, like, go to the rest of The one Galaxy thing that you, Edge. like, go out for is, like, at some point you get, like, you take a shuttle to Batu to mm-hmm. the, like, place, and there is a door in, like in galaxy's edge that a lot of people have theorized oh this is probably where the loading and unloading from these shuttles will be um for hotel guests um okay but yeah so it's it's the idea right at first it was like oh that sounds sick that sounds that does sound pretty cool Mm -hmm. to like live in this like the name of it is galactic star cruiser (laughs) to live in this like vacation star Mm -hmm. wars thing for a weekend of course then they announced then they dropped those like lightsaber videos and a couple other videos that just look real bad and then they announced oh and by the way that weekend per person will run you two to three thousand dollars that and sounds cheap to me from my understanding <laughs> really? of disney because <laughs> most I'm, people are like uh <laughs> oh no don't get me wrong i don't mean like oh that's not <laughs> i'll have yeah, two yeah. please no i just mean like <laughs> i'm not i'm surprised they aren't gouging for more even more yeah, yeah i i get what you're saying um but yeah. So anyway, this is all a sidetrack to say well, that in this movie, <laughs> I am fa- I'm sincerely fascinated by that. I had no idea of any of that, <laughs> and I will be know. looking up. I will be looking up these videos. That's no. I that's the thing. Wow. I like the reason I say that. Like I'm a big fan of Galaxy's Edge. Is I do kind of like the amount of interactivity you get there. You are very much encouraged there to kind of go in and right. pretend that you are really in Star Wars. No, um, and I, 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 I get that. I, for me, yeah. I think it's the idea of like the hotel, where yeah. like when no, you're tired and you're done with like the the Star Wars <laughs> stuff when you've had when you've had a day of yeah. fun at Galaxy's Edge and you're ready to go home. 
or like back to the hotel. <laughs> but you're still in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you're still in Star Wars. But I could just imagine being like, oh, I am so tired. I just want to get like a bottle of wine brought up by room service or something. And you get your bottle of wine brought up and it's got like a secret code underneath it. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't. I can't. I had to go, gotta go on another mission. Sorry, honey. Yeah, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it just... It just seems like a. It, it was something that at first I was so excited about and like so into, right. and then the more information comes out about it, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that you can't leave. I think that's cool. And good. Most <laughs> that you're trapped. Yeah, my favorite thing about hotels is when they're the Hotel California, and you just can't go. <laughs> You pay like two thousand dollars to basically be kidnapped in Star Wars. Like, uh, man, there are some people who would pay a lot more money than that. So oh, I, yeah. I get it. No, but it's it's wild. That's crazy. Uh, I really had no idea. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, because it's a you know Disney place, uh, mm. it's not quite as like trapped as it makes it sound. There's plenty of you know activities and restaurants in theme mm-hmm. there. But like I said. Whenever the whole staff is like <laughs> eager to tell you they're part of the resistance and want you to do a mission, <laughs> like you can't even go to the like the bar and get a drink without the bartender being like, "Hey, have you met have you met Ray yet?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're just gonna be like, "Sweet Jesus, let me go, uh, let me let me rest for a minute." Um, but anyway. Um. Like I said, all of this is me saying, in this movie, there are a right. couple references to Galaxy's Edge that make me happy. <laughs> um, uh, specifically, uh, whenever we first go into the Crimson Dawn and see Kira again, she turns to somebody and she mentions, hey, have you been taking care of Doc Ondar? And uh, Doc Ondar is the guy who owns the uh, Den of Antiquities in Galaxy's Edge. He is the same character wow. that's like... There's an animatronic Doc Ondar at Disney World just sitting there vibing in the corner. Um, so that's fun. Uh, yeah, they, they mentioned the Black Spire of, of Batu at some point in this movie, too. And like I said, right, I know that this is all just Disney being like, let's plant some Galaxy's Edge <laughs> references in there to get people. But I'm such a sucker for it that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, good. I'm on board. Good for you. I gotta tell you that I had no idea. That just bumps me out to hear. <laughs> just makes me just a little more bummed to be like, oh, really? This like no, little is, secret it is advertisement a little bit of a movie Even is to my me, favorite, right? Yeah. Even to me, no, like somebody who does like both of these things, mm-hmm. I kind of heard it and went, all right. I mean, I kind of, even though that did make a little bit of serotonin yeah. in, in my brain, the other half of the brain went, come on, <laughs> like, let me have these two things, I, these two great tastes separate from each other, not yeah. mashed together. Wow. Um, I, had, but, I had no idea. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. At least they're not distracting, right, from the movie. They are there for somebody who notices it. That's absolutely true. It's 100% true. I would have never felt like that was uh, an advertisement. It just sounds like kind of standard (laughs) world building stuff. I would have never thought twice about. So at least there's never... Yeah. Galaxy's Edge is is pretty cool and well-designed because none of it really feels like directly whenever you're there experiencing it obviously you hear about it and you're like sweet jesus they're really trying to get you to spend money and stuff but like whenever you're there it's a very like immersive experience um 
it's yeah i mean here's the thing i talk about how it's all geared to like make you spend money but truly like i could go to disney world just spend the price of the main ticket and just spend the day sitting in galaxy's edge and would feel like perfectly happy with like (laughs) with my day you know um it's just like that kind of immersive experience there um so anyway all that being said disney is big corporation bad capitalism um anyway yeah. but you don't want to say them. that on top of it <laughs> they own all the things we love uh and it's a problem yeah, but and, and there's just nothing you could do about it there's nothing we can do about yeah. it late capitalism anyway yeah. <laughs> um but yeah solo though it's just it's just a fun little it's a fun little joint it's it just is. it's just a fun little romp it's a good time and yeah like if you don't come into it with all of those big, I must get all this Star Wars lore stuff, and you just treat it as a fun little tale of Han and his buddy Chewie meeting up and having adventures, it's it's fine. It's lovely. Yeah, I think it's, um, a, I think it's a very good time. I think it's yeah, uh, time and a half. <laughs> and I love that. I love. I was so happy whenever I came. Like, one of the things whenever we started, like, me and Marcelo talking about season two, one of the big, like, problems was just, like, well, who's going to want to talk about Solo? <laughs> because of its, because of its rep, you yeah. know, that we've talked about, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that isn't fair, to be, mm-hmm. to be fair, but it's what the rep is, you know? And, and I was so glad whenever I put out something and you were immediately like, I want to do it. I want to defend I- it. I was like... Yes. Yeah, I, I was very on board. I was excited to have a reason to watch it. I like never again. Like I said, Force Awakens the only one of these movies uh, Disney era that I've rewatched, and it's just because I just never feel the need. Mm-hmm. And I knew unless I really had to, I wasn't going to be rewatching Solo anytime soon. <laughs> so a big thing for yeah. me is just like I was like, oh, I'll get to rewatch Solo. I'll get to talk about it and throw some uh, hot takes around. <laughs> yeah and i'm glad i'm so glad because yeah it's and i'm glad that you know one of the things that is so nice about the show and i think i've said it on other episodes is that you know i have gotten to go back and rewatch parts of star wars i haven't watched in a long time and go hey this thing ain't as bad as i remember after you know the public trashed on it yeah. for a little bit and kind of tainted your idea of it you know mm-hmm. what i mean um, and that was definitely what, like, revisiting this one was. Was like, yeah, there's a lot of drama behind this movie, but it still came out all right. <laughs> like, you know, it still came out pretty, pretty good, all things considered. Everything that went down with it. Of course, I still wish I could see the Lord Miller version. Mm-hmm. It's probably locked up in a vault somewhere. <laughs> it's probably burnt. I think it. I think it was. Yeah. I think it's fully burnt. <laughs> the hard drive it was on kathleen kennedy herself took it in her backyard with some lighter fluid yeah exactly got, took care of it yeah um which is a bummer because yeah i would love to see that version of it somewhere it would be it would thrill me if i was like you know i don't know 60 years old or something and they were like lord miller version of solo uncovered i'd be like yes finally <laughs> justification vindication let's go um i would still be excited about it all the way then i i think i i agree i mean the one thing that i haven't really said but i think is kind of the heart of why i love solo and i I feel comfortable now saying i love it i think before i talked about it got myself amped i would have just said i liked it a lot but yeah um part of why I, i like it so much is 
it it just if I could send any movie on Earth back to ten year old James, I I sincerely think it would be Solo. I think. Mm. If that movie came out when I was 10, it would be my favorite Star Wars movie ever. It would be my favorite movie ever. And there hasn't been anything Star Wars related uh, since um, Revenge of the Sith that has, yeah. like, made me feel that sort of, like, childhood sense of, like, just loving Star Wars again. Not a single other yeah. Disney thing, just so well. And I think that <laughs> is kind of fundamentally why I like it so much. And so I do sincerely believe if I was 60, 65 years old... And they're like, we're making Solo too. I would be like, finally, I'm a hundred percent. Got a board. ticket. Yeah, that would be the first like ticket I, said, I get. Vindication for us being right the whole time. Absolutely. You know? like, um, but yeah. So hey, thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah. And talking about it. Um, it's been a blast. I'm so happy that I got to watch this again and relive it, and you know, talk about it, vent, yeah, well, vent all this stuff about it. Thanks for um, having me. Thanks for being yes. receptive to my thoughts. Non-combative <laughs> about me not having seen Boba Fett. I appreciate it. No, it's cool. I, no, I mean, here's the thing, right? In like we said with Disney, we've kind of gotten inundated with like Star Wars content over the last. So I, anytime somebody's like, "Yeah, I actually haven't gotten swept up in the maelstrom of it," um, I'm like good for you yeah. i'm actually proud of you because i have and boy has it been exhausting you know um and yeah so i get it but hey um before we fully wrap up do you got anything you need to plug for everybody who's listening at home i i guess i should plug the podcast that i technically have um <laughs> uh i do in in the most uh broadest sense of the word have a podcast uh steven destroy with my friend Dylan where we're watching every Steven Seagal movie and uh, talking about him being just one of the worst people to ever walk on Earth. Just, I was about to say, Godspeed to y'all on that one. Well, we, <laughs> we haven't released an episode in months. We haven't done one in absolute months. And uh, we've recorded several. We're, we're several episodes backed up from what needs to be released. Um, so, so they may come out. It's just everything about it is hard for us. Um, it's just a struggle, but it's called Steven Destroy. Uh, we promise that. Uh, and with that great uh, sales pitch, you will love it. We promise. Yeah. We promise you'll love it. I was going to say, we promise that we know Steven Seagal's a bad guy in part of the show. There's always that I feel like that is the big footnote. like caveat to your show is always like, no, we swear we know. <laughs> it is the caveat. And then it's like, well, okay, so if you know, why are you doing it? <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, it's because it, it just makes it even harder for us. Yeah, because the movies know. are bad, he's bad, so it's just worse. And they're like, okay, so why are you doing it? And we're like, well, nobody listens to it. No one knows what it is. <laughs> so why not? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so listen to Steven Destroy. <laughs> I love it. That's the best. I feel like that's the best plug we've had on, oh, on, on Igniting the Sparks so far. I, um, something. Such a glowing wreck. Um, and uh, as for me... Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know where to find more Igniting the Spark. Um, at the time we're recording this, I just had a top 10 I posted on TFS as well. Um, but I'm, I'm sure by the time this comes out, that it'll be many weeks down the road. Matt'll be old hat and I'll probably have some other stuff up by then. Um, but yeah, and you can find me on socials at CallieSmith92. Um 
if you want to right now i'm literally mostly 99 percent of the time just tweeting about midnight mass still i'm fixated yeah i i have two episodes left i just started it like not that long ago like a week ago i got two episodes left good Two, two episodes left so you just hit the episode five turning point in that yes, in that very boy. much so Ooh. yeah it's it's a, a different show entirely. it is a different show after episode five it is yeah. a phenomenal piece of work I'm, I'm uh, i very hope much you enjoy the it. next two episodes I'm, I'm you'll have to you'll have to get in touch with me about it because i'll will. just be like yes talk to me <laughs> i'll let you know but, i i anticipate finishing it this weekend at some point for sure excellent if excellent. not if i'm not watching boba fett tonight it's gonna be midnight mass. Midnight mass. Good, good. <laughs> Callie's over here, like, yes, my two things. <laughs> and then, of course, I think I've mentioned before, but hey, if you're out there and you're interested in seeing my good old Star Wars costume work, that's more of my my Instagram, which is the same handle. So hit me up there, working on my Mando, and uh, yeah, life is good, and Solo is good, and that's that's how we'll wrap it up. Is by reminding everybody that Solo is a good time. Um, Solo is good. Life is good. Solo is good. Life is good. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm gonna take it again, Marcella. This is I'm gonna take it again. Life is good. Solo is good. In that order. <laughs> yes, that's yes. You're right. You. We needed to fix that for sure. So, well, for everybody uh, listening at home, may the force be with you. That is where we will end it. Very cool. Yay!